discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. I'm glad to be in church. Wow. Say wow. Tell everybody you are looking so nice. Hallelujah. Tell everybody you are looking nice. You are looking so, so nice. Hey. Tell everybody you are looking so fresh. Like fun yogurt. Like fun yogurt. Hey. What a shock. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to be in church. All right. Well, I have so many things to share with you today. So many things. So if you allow me, I'll talk to you. Hallelujah. Tell me, are you ready to receive the word? You see, we normally let you talk to your neighbor because you may get to know, you get it, you may. It is to help you. So if you keep sitting by the same people every time, that's a problem. You should be sitting by different people at different times. Some, some of you are boys, boys. Every time you are sitting by a boy, you will never get to know a lady in a church. Meanwhile, there are beautiful ladies in the church. Hey. Oh, you don't want to marry. Ask your neighbor, don't you want to marry? Hallelujah. Yes. You must fight to marry a good woman. Yeah, it's part, of the, it's part of the things you must fight for. You must fight to marry a good woman. Okay? Yeah. Don't just marry anybody. Marry somebody who will help you in life. Or else you'll be surprised. You'll be very sad. Even though you are married. Hallelujah. My beautiful wife is in the house. wife. I fought, ask her, I fought to, be, to, to marry her. Yes. Be, yeah. Fought bitch to marry her. I'm telling you. So tell everybody you must fight. Fight. Eh? There are different levels of the fight. The first fight is trying to even say hello. Hello. Hey. hey. That's the first fight. You've seen this lady. She's beautiful. You know. And it's not, it's not, listen, no, it's not just a beautiful lady. Oh. Hey, there are some beautiful ladies who are not good crown. Do you know that? So it's not just a beautiful lady. We are talking about someone who fears God. Do you know Proverbs chapter 31? We are talking about Proverbs chapter 31 lady. A woman who really loves God. Whose heart is for the Lord. Someone who is active in the house of God. Not someone who just comes and then before we say amen, the person is at Tech Junction. is going... No, we are talking about people who really hey, or else you, that's why I said you must fight to marry a good person. It's a fight. Okay? You must look out for, like, pray. You must pray. You have to pray. You have to spend hours praying. Father, give me someone who will not worry me. Hey! 
How else? Salemi, I've seen some before. Yes, I've seen some around. It's, and it's not a good thing at all. When you're married and you're not happy. You are married and you're not happy. Charlie? So you have to fight. Tell me about how to fight. The ladies, you must fight to let good people come close to you. Yeah, you must fight to say yes to somebody who is correct. You get it? Uh-huh. Fight to say yes to someone who is correct. Or else you also marry somebody who is not correct. Problems is. You have so many problems, it becomes problems. Is. Hallelujah. So fight. Okay? Fight in prayer. Fight to say hello to the right person. Yes. Fight to say hello to the right person. Then you go ahead and fight to propose at the point. Some guys, there are some guys who propose immediately they see the girl. There's something wrong with your brain. Slap your the closest guy by you and say there's something wrong with your brain if you do that. Ah! What is wrong with you? Mr. Hosu, is that what you did? No, he didn't do that. Mr. Martin, is that what you did? Only three of us are married here. Wow. I see you marrying Jesus' name. Hey. Very soon. I, we built this place because of weddings. One of the, one of the major reasons why I built this place is because of weddings. Okay? Yes. That's why we have decided to even sit this way so that I can walk through the aisle. You can walk. <laughs> Initially, there was no aisle. Now you have an aisle. You can walk through the aisle and come. Do you like such things or you don't like, you don't like such things? Hey. Give the all a shout if you like such things. Yes. Let the dead people know that you are alive. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. So you must fight. Fight. You don't propose just at any time. And you just got to know this lady two weeks later. I don't, my feelings are all over the place. I don't know what I'll do without you. You are the only mango on my tree. You are the CPU of my monitor. You are the only inkatia in my soakings. There's something wrong with you. Just two weeks. Do, you, do we even know each other? We don't know each other. And if the girl is really spiritual, the girl will tell you, Master. Even if she likes you, she will tell you, What is wrong with you? Yes. Hold on, we don't do it like that. Go, go and pray. Let's, let, me, let me also pray. If the girl is correct, go and pray. Let me also pray. Yes, so that we can take our time and do the thing well. Oh, you don't, you don't think what I'm saying is true. Okay, so Charlie, you have to learn. Learn the right thing. Don't just be people. It's not the guys you don't like looking nice. Every time your face looks like Tarzan. You're coming around. Ah! You're coming to propose. No. If, if Tarzan, someone looking like Tarzan, or Elijah the Tishbite, do you remember Elijah the Tishbite? You don't dress well. Your shirt, your shirt, the, the color is here. Sometimes you wear the shirt. You've, you've done Ghana is longer than Africa. You come to propose. Ah! Give you really accept someone like that. Will you, will you, will you, will you, Jifa, will you accept someone like that? Not at all. Ah! You are Jifa, right? Yes. I got your name right. You see, I found a new name. I hope you found someone, a new name. I met Henry, I met Jifa, I met some other people who as were talking. Hallelujah. Yeah, so you have to dress nice. Look, Pastor Kobe, stand up and let's look at the rest. Hey! Your pastor has shattered though. What a shock. It's as though he knew I was going to use him as an example today. Yes. Yes. Oh, I've not finished your man. Why are you going? Oh. That is why when he proposes, someone will say yes. Yes, and someone has said yes already. 
Someone has said yes. Now I must stand up. Let them know that you are the one. So that nobody. That's that's his wife to be. You are getting married in May. May uh so tell it. Let me take your seat, my brother. You have to look nice. You are looking like Hulk Hogan. Ah, what kind of life is that? Stop. Tell your neighbor, stop that rub there. Look nice. If you're a guy, look nice. Learn to look nice. Iron your trousers. Eh? Iron your shirts. Spray starches. Let you stand nicely. Ah, you have never ironed. Check your neighbor's shirt and see if it is. I'm just joking. Look at me. Look at me. Don't worry. Hallelujah. Yeah. You have to learn to look nice. Okay? Yeah. If you are keeping a beard, let the beard look nice. The beard some has grown here. And and here. Ah. Right. Let's shape it nicely. Right now, all the young people want to keep beard. So, don't worry. Keep your beard, but shape it nicely. Don't look like Father Abraham. Ah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I've been sharing last week. I started sharing concerning fighting to be spiritual, isn't it? Do you remember? Yeah, you have to fight to be spiritual. You have to fight to even speak in tongues because when you are, when you want to speak in tongues, your body does not want to speak in tongues. Is it true? When you start praying, then your body starts talking to you, bro. Can't you see that you are tired, my guy? After all the stress that you have gone through this week, you want to speak in tongues, bros? Let's sleep. Or you are praying to Kabbalah as a lady. Then your mind will tell you, Sister, we are tired. We have been going around town the whole day. Let us also relax a little. Hey. But you must fight your flesh. You must tell your body that, Bros or Sister, we are going to, we are going, whatever, we will pray. We will pray. Whether you like it or not, we will pray. You get it? Hey. Or else, you realize that you are carnal. If you want, when you want to fast, that is when the fridge becomes very nice for you. The fridge all of a sudden looks very attractive. All of a sudden, you notice that there's a fridge in your house. All of a sudden, you notice that your gas cooker is always looking fresh. It's like you, 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 food that you don't even like becomes nice for you. Is it true? Yeah, there's a battle, there's a fight for you not to fast. Because the devil knows that if you start fasting, your eye will open in a certain way. You see, fasting limits your, it puts your flesh down and heightens your spiritual activity. That's what it does. It's when you're hungry like that and you're thinking about food like that and you can't eat. You deny your body. You tell your body that, listen, even though you are hungry, we are not going to eat. Your body learns to not worry you after some time. You get it? And then you focus on the right thing. You focus on the word of God. You focus on praying. Hallelujah. And you see yourself developing. It's very important. If you don't fight to be spiritual, you will be a carnal believer. And I remember quoting a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, isn't it? Let's read from verse 1. 1 Corinthians 3 from verse 1. So a Christian can, sometimes some guys enter the church when they want to marry. When they get to the point they want to marry, they just enter the church. Because they say that church girls are good girls. Is it true? Oh, is it true? Or some ladies also want to marry, so they enter the church because church boys are good boys. It is the farthest thing away from the truth that you can ever think about. It is so far away from the truth. Because, you see, even though we are all Christians, there are two classes of Christians. Actually, there are so many classes, but there are two broad classes. There are spiritual Christians and there are carnal Christians. There are those who are spiritual and there are those who are carnal. 
If you're not careful, you get involved with a carnal believer. He's a believer, but he's carnal. He doesn't know God. Those are the people who, when we are praying, they just walk out. We start praying and they just walk out. Sometimes the people who play the instruments are, are like that. Is it true? Yeah. Have you ever gone to church and seen they'll play the drum? Then they'll play and sweat. Pa, 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 pa. <laughs> then just when the message starts, they'll walk out. Hey! Shabu boys. They'll go to another church and go and play. Very bad boys. But they are in the church. Hallelujah. Yeah, some people to come and come and sleep. They'll just come. When the message starts, they just start sleeping. They can't hear any of the things that are going on. See, that's why preaching is like twinkle, twinkle, little star. Then they start sleeping. Hey, so if you marry such a person, you see, you will be praying. You, you see, your prayer topics will increase. You always be in the house of God. <laughs> Sometimes God, <laughs> Hallelujah. I wanted to say something, but I won't say it. So you see, there are, there are two classes. He says, and nine brethren. This is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. You see, the Corinthian church was. A very powerful church. Paul went to that place called Corinth. And when he got there, he started preaching in their synagogue. And when he started preaching, the Bible mentions that some people really resisted him. They wanted him to get out of the city. But Jesus appeared to him in the night. He appeared to him in a vision and told him that, listen, I have many people in this city, so don't hold your peace. Preach the gospel. Okay? That's what God told him. Jesus told him. And he stayed there an extra one and a half years and preached. And by the time he was leaving, he had built a church with plenty of people in it, and he left. When he left, the people in the church started fooling, started fooling around. Very powerful church, oh. You see, the city of Corinth was ruled by a demonic. You see, I, I was telling you the last time that there are principalities and powers. If you enter an area, you don't need to be super spiritual with uh, spiritual nose to sense that a place, an area has a particular lifestyle. You know your own area where you live. Sometimes in your area, you realize that all the boys don't go to school. Nobody goes to university. Have you seen that before in your area? Nobody goes to university. You may be the first person to go to university. Okay? There's a spirit that, a spirit of not de- non-development, whatever you want to call it. Okay? As well as we can give them various names. We have spirit of disappointment. <laughs> There's a principality in charge of everybody... Nobody in the area will go to school. Nobody. You can't go to school. If you like, try. The highest you can go is secondary school. After secondary school, you don't even feel like going to going forward at all. And as long as you stay in that area, that spirit will affect you or influence you. Okay? There are some areas, everybody there is either womanizer as a, as a male or an asanka as a woman, as a lady. You know asanka? Everybody eats from, from that bowl. If you go to the chop bar, everybody eats from... We all eat from the same bowl. The bowl that you someone put on his mouth and drink from is the same bowl you also use after some time. Did you ever see that chop bar where they had one toothpick? <laughs> they had one toothpick. Hey! And someone came, took the toothpick and used it. When he was walking out of the chop bar, someone shouted and said, Hey, bro, why are you taking the toothpick? That is what all of us use. Bring, bring it back. The guy was surprised. Hallelujah. Yeah, so in an area you can have, you see that the ladies there, ah, it's like one will give birth, another person will give birth. It's like everybody, there's an area I know where when you turn 16, 17, you have to get pregnant as quickly as possible. 
That's a spirit that is working in the area. Okay? That's a spirit that is working. You just have to get pregnant. If you are not pregnant, something like something something's wrong. You just have to become pregnant. So you you see them small girls, they are coming up. So before you realize, you started working wearing some dresses, looking for boys. Then before long, they have a child at their back. And that's the fashion of the of the area. There are some places in Akai like that. There are some places in Akai the the number one thing for them is outdooring. Baby naming ceremony. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And the outdoor, 17 year olds, 18 year olds, 19 year olds, they have children. By the time the person is 15, the person has a first child. 17, another child. 19, another child. 21, she has four children. Yes. And they leave them to do whatever they want to do. Okay. So every, every area has a principality. Very bad principality who is in charge of it. Spiritual wickedness that they are in charge of it. They are in charge of various things. Okay. Yeah. They, some, in some areas, they are, people don't want to work. Lazy people. They wake up in the morning. Every all the young men who have who have strength are in the area. Everybody's in the area, and they sit under trees and play drafts. Have you seen it before? Yeah. If you are in that area and you are not smart, do you realize that you are also becoming like that? There are some areas where everybody is a buzite. Do you know a buzite? Yeah. Do you know a buzite? Yeah. It's not in the Bible. A buzite is someone who boozes, <laughs> someone who drinks. They can drink. Everybody there drinks. It's like it's a fashion. Early month, there was a day I was going to church. I was come to church. At that time, church was located at the cabin. That was our first church. When I went there, when I was leaving the house, I saw this guy. It was around 6.30 a.m. The beer bar was not even open. But he managed to get inside. And the woman also gave him the drink. Very hot liquor. They gave it to him. He stood outside, drank it, and then did this. And started spitting all over the place. I said, ah, who is, who is forcing you? Who is, because there's something forcing him. There's something compelling him. There's something, every area has it. This area has its own things. As time goes on, you see it. It has its own things. You can't displace principalities and powers. There's no way you can pray for principalities and powers. Let's, let's read Ephesians chapter. I'm, talk, I'm trying to describe the Corinthian church to you. Okay? Go to Ephesians chapter, chapter 6. This is chapter 6 or chapter 5. Chapter 6. Let's read from verse 10. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Go to the next verse. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be, you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The, stra- the word wiles means the strategies of the devil. Okay? Because the devil has strategies. They have strategies he has for your, for your life. The devil has strategies. A strategy is a calculated, laid down plan to get a certain result. Strategies normally have points. Point one, do this. You get it. Point two, do this. Point three, do this. Point four, do this. If you don't, have, if you, you say you have a strategy and you don't have a, you don't have points, you don't you don't have a strategy. You get what I'm trying to talk about? Yeah. Point one, okay, maybe a strategy to get you pregnant by the devil. Strategy to get you pregnant. Okay. Point one, let her start thinking about foolish things. That's point one. Point two, let her start liking foolish things. Point three, let her get involved with foolish things. Point four, let her do foolish things. Point five, make sure she gets, she conceives when she does the foolish thing just once. You get it? 
strategy. And that's what the Bible says. He has, uh, you see, I'm not the one say amplifies. He says, put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier, put God's supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. Strategies and deceits. So there are strategies for your life. Are you scared? Don't be scared. Because God also has a strategy for your life. And God's own is bigger and stronger than the devil's own. But I want you to be aware of the fact that the devil also has plans for you. You get it? Alright. So go back to the King James. King James, please. Go to verse 12. Then it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities. He says, our wrestling, the word wrestling connotes the idea of keeping you at one point. Okay? I need two guys to come and try and wrestle and let's see how it will work. <laughs> come, that's all of you should come. Let's, 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 let's do an experiment. Okay? Yes. So, do you, have you seen a wrestling match before? So, let's try. <laughs> Vanessa is worried. Okay, so try the, the the wrestling is such that you you don't have to you don't have to go beyond this pillar. If you go beyond this pillar, you have lost. Okay, and if you also go beyond this pillar, you have lost. So start. <laughs> Hallelujah! It's okay. <laughs> so he has won. Pastor Gideon has won. Hallelujah. The objective is to keep you at one point. Okay. Either keep you at one point or take you beyond the level you are not supposed to go. Do you get it? That's that's so he says that there's a wrestling match between us, and it's not a wrestling match, it's not a match to the death. But if you are not careful, you can die. Have you seen wrestling matches where the wrestlers died? One died. The intent is not to die, but they can kill you. And that's the devil's mind, even though you are coming with a mind of just pushing him off. He has the mind of destroying you and killing you. Okay? So he says, for, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Principalities are people, uh, 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 angelic spirits that can either be good or bad. But this particular one he's talking about is not the good ones. These are the bad ones. Okay? And they are normally in charge of localities. Locations. I remember quoting a scripture from Mark chapter 5 to you. Do you remember? Let's look at it. Mark chapter 5. Normally, they don't want to leave the country or leave the place where they are found. Mark chapter 5, let's read from verse, verse 4. Go to verse 4. This is the story concerning the demoniac of Gadara. There was a man in a place called Gadara. Okay? The location, the name of the location was Gadara. And there were these demons who were in that place. Okay, let's read from verse 1 so that it makes more sense for us. Okay? And they came over onto the side, the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. Into the country of the Gadarenes. So that's Gadara for you, okay? That's Jesus and his disciples. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. This man had an unclean spirit. The spirit was called an unclean spirit. We have a death and dumb spirit, okay? We have a lying spirit. There are different kinds of spirits. Hallelujah. Go to verse 3. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. No, not with chains. He couldn't, he couldn't be limited. Demonic activity prevents you from being limited. You can't be restrained. For instance, one of the major ways of knowing that someone is being influenced by demons is when you know the person cannot restrain himself. When we say, don't do this, that is what the person will do. You get it? Clear instruction. 
A sign that you are doing well spiritually is when you, you are able to follow instructions. Can you imagine? A clear sign that you have become very spiritual is when you are able to follow instructions. It's because the day you became born again, you made Jesus the Lord of your life, isn't it? Who made Jesus the servant of his life? You made Jesus the Lord of your life. Is it true? In Romans chapter 10, verse 8, verse 9 and verse 10, don't turn there. It says that, but what's the effort? The word is neither even in thy, in thy mouth and in thy, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, isn't it? The word of faith which you preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth man, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, isn't it? Okay. Go to verse 9. Look at verse 9. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You confess with your mouth the Lordship of Jesus. The word Lord means owner. Okay? Owner. Meaning that the day you became born again, Jesus owned your life. Your life became a property of Jesus. Or Jesus now, Jesus now owns you. You were bought. The Bible says you were bought at a price, isn't it? So if you were a servant for someone and a person, how does the person communicate with you? Is it not by instructions? Have you, do you have a maid servant in your house? You tell him, go and get the food done. And you go and get the food done. The moment your maid servant says, Madam, I will not do it. Hey, that is the last, that is your, that is your last, isn't it? So real, real spirituality has to do with living a life of instructions. Living a life of instructions. We are all going here. We'll go. You get it? That shows how spiritual you are. But for some, when the instruction comes, uh, what, uh, yeah, they are trying to use us to do this. They won't do it. You should know that your spirituality is low. I'm telling you so that when you see it, you, you see it for yourself. This man could not be restrained. He could not be, nobody could hold him. Look at, go back, go back to Mark chapter 5, where we're reading. Because he had been often bound, this is March of the 5 verse 4, with fetters and chains. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. Nobody could tame him. Nobody could keep him. Go to the next verse. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. You remember I explained this to you last, last week. What did I say? He was in pain and yet he was doing that, that particular thing. He was cutting himself, crying, and yet he was doing it. That is what addiction does. Some addictions are influenced by the, the devil. Most addictions. Practically all addictions. You don't like it, but you can't stop it. Have you seen that before? You don't like it. You don't like smoking. You honestly don't like it. You say you like it, but you actually don't like it. You know it's killing you. You know that it's not good for your lungs. What if, if it is good for you, why are you hiding it? You get it? Why do you want to hide it? If boozing was good for you, you would have done it openly for everybody to see. If you are a child of God, you don't like it, but you find yourself doing it. There's a demonic influence. There's a hold. Hallelujah. Yeah. There's a hold. There's something that... Inf- and you, you, you don't know how you even ended up doing Ah, This thing I thought I said, I, I said I'll stop. It's like something came over me and I did it. Have you ever seen that before? You say that something, sometimes someone does, someone steals something, they catch that person and say, so oh, it's the devil who did it. He's not lying, it is true. 
There's an influence of the devil in it. It's not, it's not false. It is true. Hallelujah. It is a, the only thing to, the thing to do, what to do is so simple. What to do for your deliverance and for your, for your, for you to be able to say no and go forward is so simple. You just bind that thing in the name of the Lord Jesus. I bind you any influence that is not of God, any activity that is not of God around me, causing me to do this thing, I bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I will never go along that, this, this line. Get out of my life in Jesus' mighty name. You are actually casting out the devil. That's what you are doing. You are casting out the devil. The Bible says that those who believe shall cast out devils. Okay? It's the easiest thing on earth for a believer to do, to cast out the devil. Because there are so many around us. Are you listening to me? Yeah, so you can cast. Get out in Jesus' name. You don't have any place. So sometimes a thought will come to you. A thought to do that same thing that you casted out some time ago will come back to you. What do you do? You don't sit there and say, this thing has come back again. If it has come back again, you need to deal with it again. You get it? Just cast it out in Jesus' name. Get out of my life in Jesus' name. You'll be surprised at how free you become. And how you will not follow that thing anymore. Hallelujah. So this guy, he says, and always night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Oh. Go to the next verse. But when he saw Jesus afar off, you see, he didn't like what was happening to him. So when he saw salvation, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran, look at it, he ran and worshipped him. And the demons in him could not prevent him from running to Jesus, running for salvation. He ran straight to Jesus and worshipped him. That was the man himself. The demons didn't want to, but he ran. He got there. So if you if you allow God to influence you by saying that thing, that small thing, I don't like this thing. I don't like this thing. I don't like it. Because it prevents you from developing spiritually. See, the plan of the devil, none of these things will take you to your smoking, boozing, womanizing, pornography, masturbation, stealing. What else? Right? Lying, gossiping, 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 gossiping. All those things will not take you to hell. They will not take you to in themselves. They will not take you to hell. Are you a child of God? What takes you to hell is not okay. Let me show. Let me show you what takes you to hell. Okay. Go to John chapter three, verse sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. Hallelujah. What the, there's only one thing that takes a man to hell. It's not the acts of sin that takes a man to hell. It is something called sin. The nature of sin. That's what takes people to hell. Okay? So in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world. This is simple, right? We all know it. Isn't it? For God so loved the world. That is, that is why he gave, or that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in his son should not perish, but should have everlasting life. So the day you believe in him, that day you receive everlasting life. Okay? Look at the next thing. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So Jesus did not come to condemn. God did not come to condemn you. God is not in your life to condemn you. God does not condemn you. <laughs> you get it? He does not condemn sinners. God is not interested in we telling you, hey, you are, you are a foolish boy, you are, you are a smoker, you give your life to Christ or else you go to hell. God is not interested in that. He's interested in giving you his son. You get it. He says that, but for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The world through his son might be saved. Look at the next thing. He that believeth on him is not condemned, 
the one who believes on him is not condemned. So, he says, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Do you see it? The one who does not believe in him is condemned already. So what is the condemnation? The condemnation is that they don't believe in the one he has sent. What prevents you from being condemned? By believing in the son. If you are here and you are born again, you don't have any business going to hell. If you've been having visions or having dreams concerning it, change the dream. Change the dream. Because you are not going to go to hell. If you go to hell, it will not work. Hell cannot work anymore. Hell will explode. Because you went there in Christ. When Jesus went there, you went there with him. Do you understand? Yeah. Because he has not believed. He says, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Have you seen it? So this is what takes people to hell. This is what makes people condemn. The fact that they've not believed in the only begotten Son of God. That is Jesus Christ. They don't know about you. They don't they know about him and they decided not to receive him. Okay? Now, the all the other things that you can do, they don't take you to, they can't take you to hell. But the objective of the devil bringing that into your life and making you go along that line is to get you to not believe in Jesus at a point in your life. Did you hear what I said? I should have heard what I said. The objective of the devil in aiding you to smoke and aiding you to drink and aiding you to fornicate and aiding you to commit adultery and aiding you to do all the foolish things that you can think about is to keep you on non-spiritual so that after some time you say to yourself that this Jesus thing doesn't work. And I hate Jesus. I don't like him again. You get out of my life. And the day you say that and believe it in your heart. Some people say that but they don't believe it in their heart. If you're a child in the Lord, I mean, and you say that God knows that you're a joke. So he doesn't mind you. Sometimes some of us have said that so many times. But you can't commit the unpardonable sin at your stage. The unpardonable sin is committed by seniors in the Lord. People who have been in ministry for 20 years, 30 years, and people who are seniors, they get to a certain point and then they decide that we don't believe in the Lord anymore because of some things that are happening in their life. I don't believe in the Lord anymore. Get out of my life. They are the ones who will go to hell. You get it? Do you like my message? Okay. So none of those things will take it, but it keeps you unspiritual when your flesh is ruling you. Okay? Your flesh is ruling you. Whatever your flesh tells you is what you do. Let's go and see that boy. Then you go. And, and you know it comes in thoughts, isn't it? It will come as a thought. Is it true? Yeah. To come as a thought, you you be there. You are you are typing something on your laptop. Then I thought to flash. Let's go and see your boy. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and you know that this boy, too, when you go, it's only foolish things that you are going to. You will know what you are going to do. Is it true? Who doesn't know what is going to happen when you are going to that place? You know. There are some friends who lead you to do foolish things. You'll be playing soccer. They'll give you the ball. Pa, pa. Then you chest it. Pa. Then a thought of flash in your mind. Just when you chested the ball, a thought of flash in your mind. Let's go to this friend there after the match. Okay, okay. Then after the match, you go. Young <laughs> Koshe. Hallelujah. So it could be a genuine, and normally it's genuine. You're a child of God. You're really, you're really a child of God. But there's something that really, really, you, you want to pray, but you can't even pray. Whenever you start to pray, then the thought of that thing comes to your mind. Ah, you are too wrong. You are too wrong to be right. This is a devil talking to you. A devil can really have a conversation, conversation with you. You are too wrong. You have a seminar with you. 
Maybe we'll do that one. Seminar with the devil. You have a conference, major conference with you, talking to you. You are not a good person. You see, God doesn't like people like you. Look at you. Then he'll let you walk into the mirror. The devil can talk to you. He'll let you do things. You walk into the mirror. You look at yourself. What is all this? <laughs> you look at yourself in the mirror and the next thing he says, what is all this? What kind of life? Oh. Then he'll be talking to, quoting scriptures to you and all that. Hallelujah. Go back to the demon, the demon, the demonarch of Gadara. Do you like my message? You you like it, fine. Why are you sure you like my message? You like it. You have to be spiritual. You get it. You have to be very spiritual. And I said it's simple. Just cast that thing. Tell him, get out of my life. When a thought comes, the way to meet the thought is not with a thought. It's with a word. You don't you don't cancel thoughts with thoughts. So you are battling your mind when a thought comes. You lose. When we ask, what are you doing? I'm casting, I'm casting. I'm casting out the devil. Get up. No, you have to speak. Yeah, you have to say something. Get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my mind. That's what you do. I refuse to start in Jesus' name. Get out. Cast, I cast you out in Jesus' name. And it will go. And you'll be free. It will come back again. Oh, ask for the devil. The devil always goes and comes. Oh, that's why casting out devils is the easiest thing on earth. Because he will come back. <laughs> Do you get it? It's the easiest thing on earth. He says, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Verse 7. And cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus? Thou son of the, of the most high God. I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Why was he talking like that? Because Jesus had told him. Look at the next thing. For he said unto him, Jesus had said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. God, Jesus had, had addressed him, Come out, get out of him. And then he started talking, What do I have to do with you? Why are you coming to bother me? Eh? What is this, all this? Sometimes like the devil tried to have a, a deal with you. Oh, let's think about this small. This is small. Oh, but it's small. This one is not doing anything. Have you ever had that before? He will tell you, let's think about this small. Oh, this it's small. It will not do anything. It will not. It will not. How will it kill you? It will not kill you. That's why it doesn't kill. Ah, what is your problem? Just, just let's. Why, why? It's not. It's not a problem. Just, just small. Just something small. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many, because we are many in him. Legion is any number, any number between 3,500 and 57,000 or 76,000. So many. And he asked him, go to the next verse. And he besought him much. The demon besought him much. You see, there were plenty, but one was in charge. I explained that to you last week. There's just one in charge, but there are plenty. Says, and he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Have you seen it? Are you seeing it? He says he besought, he besought him much. The demon prayed, like, Jesus, I beg you, don't take me out of the country. Out of the country of the Gadarenes. Let me remain here in the Gadarenes. Let me remain here. Because they like areas. They like locations. That's what I was talking about. That every location has one. There are locations with this location had an unclean spirit. An unclean spirit. Okay? An unclean spirit ranges from uh, sexual 
inclinations to drugs. They make you do things that are not right. Things that under normal circumstances you would not do. But you realize that they are influenced. You can be born again. You can be a child of God and they are influencing you. A demon cannot possess a child of God because the child, the, that child of God has God in his spirit. And, de- and light and darkness cannot exist together. Okay, In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, the Bible says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So your spirit man is one spirit with, with, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, with God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one living inside. And is living inside with your real person. Okay? So the devil cannot enter you. Until you renounce Christ, the devil cannot enter you. And you can't renounce Christ on your level. So take that out of your mind. Do you understand? Don't come and ask me after church. Pastor, I feel I've committed an unpardonable sin. I've told you that you can't commit it. Okay? Tell anybody you can't commit that sin. Not on your stage. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But he can oppress your mind. There's demonic oppression. He can talk to your mind so much that you become oppressed in your mind. Then there's demonic obsession. Sorry. The mind is obsession and the body is oppression. He can, he can talk to your mind so much that you become obsessed with something. You get it? You know you can be upset. You see a lady. Okay? And under normal circumstances, not your type of lady. Maybe you like short girls. Like MP3 girls. <laughs> like my sister here. Stand up. Stand up and let's look at you. Powerful. Cute something. But then you see someone like uh, Karen. Take tall. Yes. Some, that's someone to take tall. Okay. And then you are upset. You are you're obsessed. Like you just want to be with her. Meanwhile, you know that is not what you if you if you do something with her, you will not go back to her. <laughs> do you get it? <laughs> you are just obsessed. You can't stop thinking about this particular girl. Or you can't stop thinking about boozing. You are in church, you are thinking about boozing. You are in church, you are thinking about doing something wrong. You're obsessed. You are thinking about gambling. Do you like it's like you don't like my message? The way I look at me, I feel like running away. I feel like going at the back. Do you like my message? Shout if you shout, shout. How those who didn't shout, I saw you. So you can be obsessed and you can be oppressed in your body. Demonic oppression in the body comes in the form of sickness and diseases. Okay? The ones you, after some time, you say it is my, it is my asthma, it is my, asthma, my asthma, when it comes, I do this. <gasps> you, you target, you customize it. It's, it's worried you for a long time. You don't think that it can even go. You get it? But most of the time, it is the mind. For most believers, it is the mind. Their mind. Their mind. It keeps you from becoming spiritual. What do you do? Cast that thing out. Okay? Cast that thing out. Let it get out. Tell him, get out of my life in Jesus' name. You have no place in my life. Get out in Jesus' name. And you'll be free. Because without that obsession going away, you can't do God's work. You can't, you can't, you can't do some things. The time you should have spent winning a soul, you'll be spending it doing something foolish. You see, time is just one. Do you know time is just one? 
I said initially that you can't be in three places at the same time. No matter how powerful you are. You can't be here, be in your room, and be in a crowd at the same time. Is it true? If you are like that, then there's something wrong. We have, you have to come for counseling. You can't do that. You can only be in one place at, at, at one time. So whatever you are spending your time doing at this particular moment can either be spiritual or not spiritual. Is it true? It can either be spiritual or not spiritual. And we'll be, we'll be, we'll give account of the time that we, we spent in this life. Whatever time you spent in the, whatever you used your time for, you'll give an account for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you. So, is they are country and locality based. Okay? Country and locality based. Let me show you what happened to this guy ultimately. Look at the next thing. Now, there was there, nigh unto the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding. Some pigs were feeding somewhere. And Jesus, ultimately, Jesus told the devils to go to the swine. And the man became fine in his mind. The Bible says that he was okay in his mind. And the people came to see him clothed. Okay? He was, initially, he was not clothed. Because of unclean spirit, he could not clothe himself. He was naked. But when the spirit left, he was able to clothe himself. He came to his right mind. The Bible says he was in his right mind. Okay? And they, and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil. This guy was possessed because he was not a child of God. Possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They were afraid. They were wondering, ha, ah, this guy, what happened to him? Now, the guy went on to ask Jesus to follow him. He wanted to follow Jesus wherever Jesus went. He had received a great miracle in his life. He wanted to just follow Jesus. But Jesus told him, don't follow me. Go back to your, your people and talk to them. Testify of what God has done for you. Okay, look at, so look at what. How be Jesus suffered? This is Mark chapter 5, verse 19. How be Jesus suffered him not? But said unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee. And has had compassion on thee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's the next verse? Verse 20. And he departed and began, to, and began to preach or publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus, how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. He went to, the, he went to that place, uh, Decapolis. Decapolis means the, the ten cities. It was a big city but had ten cities in it. So he started preaching in those, those places. And because of his message, because of what he was doing after his freedom from being possessed with the devil to becoming spiritual, something wonderful happened in that place. He preached, look at Mark chapter 7. I'm not sure you've seen this before. Look at Mark chapter 7. Let me show it to you. Normally the devil knows what you are going to do. That's why he starts tempting you with things. He knows that if you start thinking right, if you become spiritual for one year, I You'll be in trouble. Mark chapter 7. Look at verse 31. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came onto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of what? Decapolis. So this is the same place a guy was sent to by Jesus to go and preach. Now, because he went there to go and preach, Jesus has some of his great miracles happening in this place. Because that guy had gone to set the precedent. He had gone to lay down a certain foundation. Okay? Look at the next thing. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had, a, had an impediment in speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. They, you see, they knew. Look at how they, look at how they spoke. They, they besought him to lay his hands on him. Why? Because he had seen something initially. 
And that guy had published concerning Jesus. He had spoken concerning what Jesus can do and what Jesus does. Okay? Okay, next thing. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his finger into his ears and he spit and touched his tongue. Jesus never did this anywhere else. This was the place he did it. And looking up to heaven, he said, he sighed and said unto him, Ephata, that is be open. Continue. And should away his ears were open, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. Hallelujah. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them so much, the more a great deal they published it. Yeah, a great revival took place in the capitalists because this guy, who was initially possessed with demons and devils, became free. And because he became free, he was able to do so many things for the Lord. Normally, you may be having a challenge along a certain line. I guess this thing has no one to go. That is where God, you'll be surprised that when you cast that thing out, don't let someone come and, come, come and cast it out for you. Are you not a child of God? You can cast it out. As simple as ABCD. Get out of my life in Jesus' name. And you'll be free. Because the name of Jesus works. They respond to the name of Jesus. And you'll be surprised how spiritual you become. You realize that you'll become a spiritual person. You realize that your, 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 your taste for, for righteousness has increased. Your taste for godliness has increased. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. So in, in the Corinthian church, there was, a, there was a principality there in the area. And that principality was managed to enter the, the church because of the people who, who were coming to the church. There was an ungodly spirit in that place. An unclean spirit in that place. It is in Corinth that someone was sleeping with his father's wife. And he was in church. And he was happy. Even talking about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. It was in Corinth. So Paul told them that, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. That's First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, isn't it? You remember that scripture? It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto what? As unto spiritual. But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. You don't have to remain a baby in Christ. Or remain a carnal believer. A carnal believer is one who has his mind ruling him. Any thoughts that comes, he will do it. A spiritual believer is one who has Christ ruling him. One who learns to live according to instructions. Okay? Your mind is a very powerful... Last Sunday, I showed you what to do with your, your, your senses, isn't it? You remember? Your sense of sight is for what? It's for seeing the word, isn't it? Your sense of hearing is for what? Hearing the word. I know some of you are not here last week. That's why I'm trying to repeat some things. Your sense of hearing is for hearing the word. Is it true? Your sense of speech is for what? Speaking the word. Your mouth is for the declaration of God's word. You declare God's word into your environment. What you declare into your environment is what happens to you. We know about that. Your mouth, the word mouth is translated stoma in the Greek. And it means the edge of a sword or the edge of a weapon. That's what it means. Your mouth means the edge of a weapon. Meaning that with your mouth you can cut your way through and make, make headway in your life. That is why everything, that if you want things to happen, you use your mouth. Is it true? Yeah. Use your mouth. That's why we, we declare things. I have the life of God working in me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus walking on the earth. I can live right. I can, I can display rightness. Because I have the rightness of God. I can only be right. 
I don't go in the wrong direction. I go right. That's what you do with your mouth. So as you keep your eyes looking on the word and keep your ears hearing the word, you keep your mouth speaking the word. Do you get it? Yeah. yeah. And you bring your body to the house of God. Your body is brought. Your sense of touch is for the whole body. That's the fourth sense that you have, isn't it? For your whole body. And that your body must be brought to the house of God. That's why you must not miss meetings. If you miss meetings, the probability that you do something foolish is very high. Yeah. Friday nights we're here praying. The probability that you are somewhere else fooling around is very high. Is it true? Yeah. How do you spend your Friday nights? Friday nights not in the air. No, ye. have you heard that song before? It's an old song. But God has designed something for you on Friday nights. Instead of fooling around on Friday nights, come and pray in the house of God. But you see, you must learn to tie your body and bring your body to God. Drag your body to God. It is not a joke coming. Do you know it's not a joke coming to church? It is very difficult. Everything about you doesn't want to come. Your eyes doesn't want to come. Your ears doesn't want to come. Your, nothing about you wants to come. You don't want to come. I don't want to be there. Is it true? It's like the, the way I'm saying it is like it's not true. Is it true? Very true. Yeah, the Bible says that bring your body as a living sacrifice. That's in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Isn't it? Let's read Romans 12, 1. I'm showing you how to be spiritual. Okay? And I said it's a fight. Tell everybody it's a fight. It's not on a silver platter. Yeah, it's a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight. In your mind, in your, like, constantly. No, I want to be spiritual. You want to pray? It's like, no, 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 no. Let's not pray. Let's do something else. You are reading your Bible. Your Bible is now a, it's now a sleeping pill for you. As soon as you open it, you just fall asleep. When you open like, if you want to sleep, you just open your Bible. You can even tell a friend, Charlie, I will sleep right now. You just check. Just, just open it. And you are gone. So you must fight to be awake when you are reading your Bible. Okay? By deciding that I'm not going to sleep. I am not going. You decide and you confess it. I'm not going to sleep in the name of Jesus. I'll be able to study this thing. And it will make sense to me. You see, and you see, sometimes you open the Bible, you don't see what is going on. Like, and Jesus said, and Jesus said, verily, verily. Like da, like da, like, Jesus. What you talking about? You don't really, is it true? You don't really understand. That is why you come to church to hear something. Is it? That's why you come to hear. I just showed you scriptures. The, the natural thing to do is to go home and read them. Find out exactly what's going on. Okay? That's why you must come to church with a notebook. And with a pen. And with a Bible. So that you can write the, the scripture. And write something by it. What did I say when I read Mark chapter 5? The demoniac of Gadara. Hey. You, you, you write things by it. You get it. What did I say about Mark chapter 5? Do you remember? How many of you remember? Yeah. If you don't write anything, you will not remember. You are not Superman. <laughs> in all we are Superman, but you are not Superman in your brain. When you go to school, you, you, you write things down, isn't it? Why do you write things down? Because a lecture, you can't remember everything. You may think you remember everything, but you don't remember much. Tell your neighbor, bring your notebook next time. Bring your pen as well. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So you write notes, you go home, you refer to it. You check. What did they say here? What did they say there? So you can see it for yourself. Else you don't remember what God has said. And if you don't remember what God has said, you cannot bring it to bear when you have challenges along certain lines. So in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It means that you, that this shows you that you are not a body. It doesn't make sense if the way he said it. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your body. Ah, it means that you are not a body. It means that your body is a container in which you live in. It means that the body is your property. Is it true? Yeah. That's what it means. Who is he addressing? He's addressing the real you, your spirit man. There's someone inside, the real you, the one who is hearing. Actually, if you die right now, you can't hear. Why? Because the one who was making you hear is gone. Yeah. Hallelujah. Okay, says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's a living sacrifice. It's not a dead sacrifice. It's a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice, if you are trying to kill a, a sheep or a chicken, does a chicken just come to you, behead me? Does it do that? Does a chicken do that? What will it do? If you want to catch, you have to struggle to catch it first of all. Isn't it? Yeah, if it is the local ones, you will struggle a lot. They know what's going on. They know, they know what's going on. <laughs> they know that their brothers and sisters have been getting lost in the system. They know. It's the foreign ones that don't know what's going on. But the local ones, you can chase them. Have you ever done that before? Yeah, I've chased chickens so many that I'll be chasing. You want to, you want to eat, but you have to, you have to sweat a little before you can eat. It's a living sacrifice. Your body is a living sacrifice. What it means is that your body does not want to be a sacrifice. If you put it on the altar of God, it will be shaking. No, I want to go. I want to go. What do you do? Listen, I'm bringing you. You are going to be there. We are going to like this thing. Because by liking it, we become more spiritual. By liking the prayer meeting, we will be more spiritual. Do you get it? By coming for Sunday service, we will be more spiritual. We will hear the word of God. It is spiritual to hear the word of God. Yeah, if you don't hear it, you will never know it. If you don't hear it, you don't know what is even wrong and what is right. You don't know. Okay? You bring your body as a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. God, I'm, I'm yours. My hands are for God. One man of God sat in a train and some guys came to him and said they wanted to play cards with him. Like betting, betting cards. Then he said that, oh, I wish I could play, but I didn't come with my hands. So they were all wondering, ah, are these not your hands? He said, no, oh, these are not my hands. These, these hands belong to Jesus. They are for Jesus. If they were mine, I would have used it, but they are not mine. Because he had come to the place of knowing that his body belongs to God. You get it? He had come to that place of knowing. If you come to that place, you find it difficult to do certain things. I can't drink. Why? My mouth is not mine. My hands are not mine. So it can't connect. It can't connect. But you will not know that if you are not in the house of God. It's the house of God that gives you a certain kind of knowledge. That makes you become spiritual. There's, there are benefits of being spiritual. There are too many benefits of being spiritual. You get closer to God without any sense of guilt in your heart. You get it? 
without any sense of guilt in your heart. The word of God opens up to you. That is when you be, you see, there's so much. There's so much. I said life is spiritual initially. What has not been accomplished in the spirit cannot be accomplished physically. It means that you have to be very smart and active in the spirit. Else a lot of things will not happen physically for you. Some things may happen, but what will happen for you will not do much for you in the spirit because they just happened. Okay? So if you really want to produce results in life, I don't know what you want to do with yourself. You want to be in business? You want to have your own whatever? You want to marry? You want to be happy? You want to... I mean, uh, if you know that doing something will give you double benefits, I think you will do it. Isn't it? Is it true? If you know, I mean, it's the, the, smartest thing, the smartest thing to do is to do something that gives you double product or more results. Being spiritual gives you a lot of results. Let me show you one last scripture, okay? First Timothy chapter 4. How many of you know what I'm going to read? Verse 8, isn't it? First Timothy 4, 8. Spirituality is very good. It is very good. Hallelujah. You want to achieve those of you who want to achieve, you really want to achieve in life, become more spiritual. You want your life to produce results, become more spiritual. Okay? Yeah. The more spiritual you are, the more results you produce. Your business will work. Your family will work. Your school will work. Everything around you will work. Nobody likes failing. You like failing. You see the, you see the way you feel terrible when you fail. You fail mostly because you are, your spirituality is low. You can't fail when your spirituality is high. It says, for bodily exercise, this is first motive for it. For bodily exercise, profits little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promised of the life that now is and of that, of that which is to come. Let's read the Amplified so that you understand it very well. Okay? Amplified version. It says, for physical training is of some value. It is of some value. It is useful for a little. Physical training is of some value. And it is useful for a little. Then it says, but godliness. Then he explains what he means by godliness in this particular place. Godliness means other things in other places. But this one, he shows you exactly what he's talking about. He calls it spiritual training. Spiritual training. It says spiritual training, but godliness, spiritual training is useful. And of value in everything and in every way. It is useful in everything. He says it's useful and of value in everything and in every way. For it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. Can you imagine? He says spiritual training, training yourself spiritually, holds promise. It's useful and of value. So speaking in tongues is not, is not something that is, is not going to help you. It helps you for this life. Look at it. It says, for it is useful, for it holds promise for the, li- the present life and also for the life which is to come. There's promise concerning this life. Do you know what will happen to you if you really know that you're the seed of Abraham? If you know and know and know and know for yourself that you're the seed of Abraham. You and are, you are poverty, you are finished. You will not have anything to do with poverty ever in your life. But you need to know it. It comes by revelation. It's not by one day reading the Bible. It comes by revelation. You need to have a light, have an opening concerning it. Or you can read it and not understand it. That's why last week I made you pray that prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. That God will help you, the eyes of your understanding, to be enlightened. You need that. If you don't get that, forget about it. You read it, you come to church, you go and come, but you will not see it. But if you, with genuineness in your heart, and God looks at your heart, 
You can't say, Father, do this for me. And he knows in your hand that you, you are, you are very free. You don't want to. What you're even talking about, you don't like. You can do lip service and your heart will not really, and you can't lie before God. You get it? That's why you have to learn to be honest with God. You can't lie. God knows what's going on. You are praying, Father, thank you. Father, I give you glory. I give you glory. But there's fear in your heart. And he sees the fear. You have to talk about the fear. Father, I'm, I'm afraid. There's fear in my heart. Help me. Take that fear out. And he will help you. Do you get it? Yeah. You've meant this girl. You've meant this boy. Hey, Father, I've meant this boy. Father, I don't like it too. I don't like it, Father. But it is inside my heart. Take it out. And he will help you. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Father, I, I feel like smoking. I feel like smoking. I really feel like smoking, Lord. It's too much. Father, help me. He will help you. If you are honest, he will help you. But if you are dishonest, he will not help you. Okay? Yeah. You have to have... If you get the understanding of the scriptures, you'll be surprised. For instance, one of the things that the devil tries to put in your mind is the fact that God does not like you. Major thing. That's actually what I'm supposed to talk about today. Your mind. So I've not preached my message, actually, (laughs) at all, but I'll continue on Tuesday. Your mind and what you think. The devil will paint a picture for you. He will let you believe strongly that God does not like you. Meanwhile, God is good, thoroughly good. <laughs> thoroughly good. Okay? So the more you train yourself spiritually by studying the word, praying, being in the house of God, and following his instructions for your life, we are going here. Let us go together. You see, there are various things we do in church. We go on evangelism, isn't it? If you don't learn to go on evangelism, you will spend your life doing something at that time, doing something else, foolish. That will not help anything. It will not help you. You think it's, it's not going to help you in any way. You are wasting your life. But you will not know. You will find out in 20 years' time. Then you turn and say, oh, I should have done it. That is foolishness. Wisdom is knowing what to do to affect your 20 years and doing it now. That's wisdom. That's why we pray for the spirit of wisdom. Okay? Spiritual exercise holds promise of this life. There's great promise for it of this life. Of this life. What people are looking for. I don't know for what people are looking for. <laughs> if you read in Matthew 6, 33, what is written there? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, isn't it? Then it says, and all these things, which things? The things that everybody's looking for. The things that the Gentiles seek. What do they seek? What do they wear? What do they eat? What, where do they sleep? Isn't it? These are the three basic things that they look for. What you wear, what you eat, where you sleep. You see, what you eat is in classes. If you are eating Gary, you will not be happy. Is it true? You would want to eat something very nice. It's in every human being to eat nice things. If you can get some pickles and some... Uh, 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 what? Is it beetroot? Something, something. Those things. You go, somebody go to the restaurant and they have plenty of things. You don't even know which one it is. Salads. Mixture of salads. Pineapple rice. And don't you like those things? Oh, don't you like those things? 
why do you spend money to go to Kimpiski and go to Golden Chilip and all those places? To have nice food. Why is it that you, during your birthday you want, you, you want to be taken somewhere nice? Why don't you eat your gari when you are... Because inherently in your nature you like good things. Is it true? You like good things. God likes you to have good things more than you want to have good things. But it's not going to be on your terms. It's going to be on his terms. Does it make sense? It's not going to be on your terms. It's going to be on his terms. His terms is that you become very spiritual and know what he has done for you. But how can you know it if your mind is not on him? It's not going to work. Okay? Yeah. What you eat, what you wear. You see, that what you wear is in classes. You can do when you need low, one shine high. Remove it low and wear it high. We have Cantamanto and Central Market and all those places. You can buy clothing from there, isn't it? But you want to wear, you want to walk into Coco Chanel, like, like Dolce and Gabbana, isn't it? Hill figure. Tommy, Tommy Lee, Hill figure. Hallelujah. Or you want to walk into Calvin Klein. You want to wear Calvin Klein shoes, Max and Spencer shirts and trousers. Is it true? Yeah. Or you don't like you don't like such things? Hey, I'll be surprised if you don't like such things. You like it, isn't it? Yeah. How many of you want to fly in your own private jet? Yes. You are traveling. You have your own private jet. You are flying in. Who doesn't like that? We all like it, isn't it? Oh, is it true? God wants it for you more than you want it for yourself. You want to drive in the nicest car? Mercedes. Mercedes, no? Like Mercedes. Something. What else do you like? What else do people like? What? G-Wagon. All kinds of things. Made back. Whatever you want to drive. God wants you to drive it more than you want to drive it. But it will not come the way you think it should come. You want to work, 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 work in a certain way. To buy one car. By the time you finish buying the one car, you are 40, you are 50. You've not yet built your house. There's a way God wants things to be done. He wants it for you. He says, he says for your father know that you have need of such things such things. He knows that you have need of these things. Okay? But the way he wants you to do it is to seek his kingdom first. It's to make his kingdom the primary thing in your life. And refuse the devil's attention, the devil's thought that he brings concerning you going for them. Okay? You want to enjoy life. Who doesn't want to enjoy life? We all want to enjoy life. But the way the devil presents it to us, it's not good. It's not correct. His definition of enjoyment is not even correct. His definition of enjoyment is not You think enjoyment is sex? It's overrated. Sex is overrated. Those of you have had some before. You realize that it's not really anything like that. If you've not had some, don't, don't say, I'm going to try so that I also say that it's not anything like that. You are, you are profitable to God keeping yourself. Okay? I'll, you, it's, like, it's like you don't like my message. It's like I'm feeling like you don't like my message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'll be spiritual. spiritual. See, I'll fight to be spiritual. spiritual. Say it again, I'll fight to be spiritual. spiritual. Yeah. See, I'll cast out the devil in my mind. mind. All the thoughts he brings, brings. I'll cast it out in Jesus' name. name. And I'll develop myself spiritually. spiritually. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You like my message? Have you learned anything? Are you sure? It is profitable. It's profitable. The day I saw the scripture, I changed my life. 
I decided to pray more. I decided that no matter what I understand the Bible, I decided for myself that I will give myself to this. Do you think I'm a success? Yeah. I think I'm a success. Yeah. On a le- success on different levels. At the level upon which I am, I think I'm a success. Yeah. I think I'm a success. And when the, bar, the success bar is lifted, is raised as you go on in life, you can be a success at a, as, a, as a 15-year-old, as a 17-year-old, as a 20-year-old. You can be a success. You know that you're a success. You know. Okay. I think I'm a success. And I'm going, I'll forever be a success. Why? You see, none of my mates can, can look down on me and say that I'm nothing. It's not possible. You can't say that I'm nothing. All those I finished school with. I left university almost 10 years ago. This is nine, nine years this year. Next year is 10 years since I left university. Not went to university. Left university. I went to university 14 years ago. Can you imagine? Right now, 10 years has come. Yes. I'm not a failure. I know I'm a success. Because I commit to God and his word. Therefore, whatever I touch has to work. Not only is it in this life, in the life that is to come. When I go to heaven, I'll be rich as well. Because I'm, I, I'm dealing in the right currency of souls. I've learned that souls are very important. The devil will let you know that souls are not important at all. Just you. Be happy. Enjoy yourself. YOLO. You only live once. Just blow the life and be happy. Be happy. How do you be happy? Booze. How do you be happy? Sleep around. How do you be happy? Do drugs. How do you be happy? Do something that will let you feel high. High. There's nothing that can make you high than your fellowship with the Spirit. It cannot be compared to sex. It cannot be compared to anything. It cannot be compared to booze, smoking weed, smoking, whatever. Smoking, I didn't say smoking cocaine. But cocaine is slave, isn't it? Yeah. It cannot be compared to any of those. It cannot be compared to going to a certain dance. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. It cannot be compared to it. None of those things can be compared to the real thing. Okay? One of the major tools of the devil is to deceive you, deceit. To maximize something that is not correct. Yet you think it is correct. It's called deceitful lust. Deceitful. It's deceit. It's deceiving you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, it's deception. When your eyes clear up, ah, why was I, why? How many 70 year olds are into drinking, boozing, and womanizing? How many of them? Very few. Isn't it? When they are 70, they, they, are, they become cool. Their eyes age less them, less things clear for them. They become responsibilities facing them. They, they become cool. Don't let, don't be, maybe you may not live to 70. Don't be 70 before you realize some things. If you realize when you are 17, you are blessed. Realize when you are 25, you are blessed. You'll be wise and you'll live long in Jesus' name. Amen. Lift up your right hand towards heaven. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.